0: I never thought that this was like the best use of my time. I don't know how to run a social business, but now I'm working in things that I am much more comfortable with. I've spent my entire career doing, but I can still line the dots to see where my contribution
1: is going. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, Shanghai-based founder of Collector Responsibility here today with another edition of the Sustainable Ambassador Podcast. Through this series, I speak with sustainable ambassadors about the work they're doing to solve the challenges that we face in environment, social, economic, and communities. I'm extremely excited to be joined by Stephanie Choi, sustainable and impact investment strategist at UBS. Through this conversation, we're gonna talk about how she got into this, the tools of impact versus sustainable finance, the work that she's doing, and also how she looks at her career. Um, I know a lot of people in the finance industry, but also looking at coming into the finance industry, are trying to figure out what are the tools, what are the paths, what's the work that's being done. And through this conversation, we're gonna talk through some of those issues and hopefully just have a lot of fun doing it. Stephanie, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for joining the community. I remember, it'd be great to hear a personal introduction the work that you're doing. So
0: yeah, I'm sustainable and impact investing strategist um, in the chief investment office for UBS what that really means is that within the private bank we have a team of us who tries to uh, design the most credible uh, products um, for our clients to invest sustainably we uh, we conduct research deep research um, into uh, defining uh, themes drivers for um, opportunities investment opportunities and and we also work directly of course with clients who may have questions on how to design their own sustainable portfolio Portfolios and journeys. Really, we're just here to serve um, the asset owners who have an aspiration to start implementing sustainability and impact in their portfolios.
1: Is this really for your clients or is this also for the bank itself as well?
0: In terms of the products and services we face clients, what you mentioned, you know, kind of the philanthropy part is actually housed under um, UBS Optimus Foundation. On my side, which is the private bank side, um, we're really just working with everything commercial rate or above. Um, So, and, and this for us is Actually, like kind of it's a thin red line because like, you know, sitting in the investment office, if I start talking about subsidized rates or like compromised returns, then Um, where we're actually putting our entire um, kind of CIO advisory at risk because that Mm. is like, you know, ultimately our job is to invest and our job is to make money and generate um, attractive returns for our clients. So right right now, everything on our sustainable and impact investing shelf, like whichever asset class it's in they have to meet the performance benchmark of a traditional asset. So, and, and and on that basis, the fact that, you know, we have been defending this thin red line and yeah. our SI products have by and large performed, Um, I think says a lot about um, the maturity of the investment landscape today.
1: But That thin red line doesn't come for free. Like you have to do a lot more work to defend it. So what's the additional lift that's required to make sustainability at the same return as everything else.
0: SI products do take a lot more work. Our team is 100% dedicated to SI, but we also have funds teams that do the diligence and like landscape gathering. And they they basically shared with me that, you know, in, uh, vetting, diligence and onboarding an SI product can take up to 30, 40% more time. So you have to do the intentionality. You have to do like ESG mm. survey or fund assessment survey surveys at onboarding. It's reviewed yeah. every single year. We also then look through to their uh, portfolio holdings and try to see sense check whether um, it meets what's on the tin. So mm-hmm. th- there is quite a lot extra that has to be done.
1: What are the major trends that you're seeing in sustainable finance to, to help you believe that the more money you throw at this, actually having a wider impact on the challenges that are faced?
0: Oh, um, actually my day-to-day job is like 100% endorses my belief. This is not to say that it's a good thing, insofar <laughs> as like my day-to-day job has become a mishmash of responding to regulatory uh, consultations mm. and regulatory tightening and new standards, like you know how's the ISSB going to affect like all of mm. that, right? And that's not necessarily fun job. Like you know, my job yeah. is like over the past couple of years, it's been distinctly not fun. But the fact that <laughs> you know all of these have come through, it's actually because sustainable investing has become so big like yeah. we have become so big we have become a target we are being pushed to clean up and be more mm-hmm. transparent and this is actually testament to how much we've already achieved so right. the, the 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 progress like the growth path is never going to be linear it's going to be stop 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 and right now this area that this this period of consolidation and mm-hmm. all the increased scrutiny to me it's actually one of these Kind of plateau consolidation periods that enables us to go to the next phase so part of that is also celebrating that hey you know we managed to grow a lot in order to justify this level of scrutiny
1: what's the scrutiny catalyzed by is it catalyzed by the risks and say like climate change is a risk to the financial system or to the energy system, or is it by the opportunities that are being missed on the other side of that equation? Because I, I really view everything as like you're either seeing it as a as a compliance issue or you're seeing it as an opportunity. Which one do you think is driving things more? Okay, yeah. I
0: would say that there are a lot of different things that are happening and they're all jumbled together together. Mm. So part of it is the um, the financial risk. So th- this is the 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 value at risk of mm-hmm changing business practices and that is like you know the TCFDs, tnfds in the world this is what the regulators a lot of regulators are trying to make as a norm for the entire industry so here you know people are saying that so the regulators are actually saying that you like fund xyz you need to tell me if climate change worsens What is the value at risk of your portfolio? Because it's investor protection. The second bucket is greenwashing. They're saying that, oh, you guys are labeling it. So again, for investor protection, but not from a financial loss perspective, but from a scam perspective, they're saying, okay, how are you justifying your claims that you actually do use like sustainable and um, sustainability and impact related data? And then there's the final bit, which is the opportunity side. And this is where it gets, the least, um stick, like it's not a, a tangible uh, deadline for compliance. Right, um, right. And that's why a lot of people are failing to to, to recognize that. But things mm-hmm. like, you know, the ISSB coming through and the fact that we can potentially have uh, much more standardized data, is actually encouraging dramatic, extremely dramatic um, increase in disclosure rates. So according Mm. to KPMG, Asian corporates um, from five years ago, I think it was something like only 40% of companies were disclosing uh, sustainability data. As of 2022, it's over 90%. It's the fastest growth rate of any region
1: in the yeah. world. Backing up a little bit, what brought you into the world of sustainable finance and impact investment? Were you looking at it as, say, a career at the time, or you were just interested in the idea of better, impactful finance?
0: Well, actually, I think it would take a way step back. You know, my first job at Citi, where I, I spent 11 years, right? I, I, I was like a uh, pre-GFC baby uh, in terms of my career. And mm-hmm. and then kind of when the GFC happened, um, I was in London. I was working in London and I actually saw the entire backlash and the rise of the ESG funds as we know it today. So okay. these are like the Norges Bank, um, Robico's, you know, leading mm-hmm. institutional sustainable investors. Okay. And I like to think of like ESG as something like... Um, it's 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 almost like um like once you've learned it that like once this once you you are aware of all of these information that's available you can't right. unlearn it right? right why how can we um disregard information that's there because for oh. investors as institutional investors or as advisors it's our fiduciary duty to actually make the best decision based on the maximum material information available so oh. ESG has always actually been in my heart and then when I moved back to Hong Kong for personal reasons I'm from Hong Kong um back then uh, ESG was not like people didn't even know about it like i was looking at the trends i was looking at um, new product launches and i thought this is the time like this is actually the time to go into this because the movement is going to take off in asia um but at the time my then employer didn't really agree so um i ended up leaving and i thought okay if i'm going to leave my very safe coochie career then I might as well just go all out, and so I went straight into philanthropy and impact to see if I can, you know, um, make a career there. And I learned a lot, but ultimately I realized that for me, if I want to, you know, make the most of my skill set yeah. and also fulfill like some sort of impact or contribution to the global sustainable investing movement, then yeah. I, I probably need to be in a place that has more scale. Mm. Um, And that's why I joined UBS.
1: What's core to your job in terms of the skills, the knowledge, the certifications, the trends that you need to be paying attention to, gathering and deploying, so that the money you're putting into the market is headed in the right direction?
0: I think there there are two layers of different work. The first is on the macro, Like we we need to be able to bucket where all of these projects and opportunities are. Is it going to be value creation? Is it value preservation? Is it just trying to say that, you know, things are changing, we need to de-risk versus if there's an opportunity and it's bankable and we need to make money. I think this happens at the top down. You need to figure out, um, you need to be able to, you you need to be comfortable working with vast data sets, you know, and and really trying to, to make the, the data talk to you you know I actually don't need to hire another sustainable finance expert I, I like we want to hire data science we have so much data um we have like our, our data set covers 13,000 companies for each company there are uh, like up to 500 data points it's 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 a lot and and so yeah. you know at the macro level it's really trying to like pass through all the data pass through all the consultation standards, all of that, and trying to identify quite efficiently, you know, where can I make money, what needs to be done as like a red light, and then the others are kind of nice to have. And then at the bottom up, what we're really like missing are people who can do like uh, traditional financial analysis and integrate sustainability issues
1: at the same time. What's the mix? Is it a good banker who's empathetic to the sustainable challenges aware of it and really wants to deploy a tool against it or is it the rabid sustainability person who just learns how to be a banker
0: Effectively the the people i know who are hiring sustainable investors in an investment function mm-hmm. those candidates are first and foremost established investors mm-hmm. so they would much rather hire someone who has a track record who has who has delivered a track record of uh, like you know extracting returns than like teaching them the tools of sustainability
1: current work and how you view impact investment sustainable finance high net worth? Like, how do you view these? Not pro, not pros and cons, but like, what are some reflections?
0: I, I think people have different interests in this, right? So I think some people really want to be like, hands on, tangible. And you know, you want to know, the exact credible impact of every single activity that you do for me i'm much more big picture in that i I need to know that the tools i'm working with are credible but i want to move billions like i I don't want to be stuck in like you know the five hundred thousand dollar tranches because i don't think that is uh, necessarily. firstly what excites me and and secondly it's also like um i think different people have to play different functions to get this going
1: to build a fund of say, 20, 40, $60 million. Okay, you're lucky if you get 2% off that. You gotta do a lot more work than a traditional fund, which just you know transactional looks at the spreadsheets. You have to go and verify the impact. And so a lot of my friends who ended up at Impact ended up leaving and finding other avenues to do that. And I was curious, like, Is that why you kind of left impact? Was that maybe you learned what you needed to and found a new way to achieve your mission, but through traditional finance? Like, how did that play out?
0: Do I miss the times when I'm like working directly with social enterprises and really like, you know, trying to solve problems that I can see, you know, obviously that that was an amazing part um, of the journey. But for me i never thought that this was like the best use of my time because i'm a financier like of sorts like i i don't know how to run your business much less a social business so like who am i to give you advice right. but now i'm working in 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 things that i am much more comfortable with that you know i've spent my entire career doing but yeah. i i can see i can still line the dot to see where my contribution is going
1: is the impact you're trying to have at scale within the finance industry or the way that finance does its work and supports a transition in climate change or poverty alleviation or the issues themselves like is is finance the tool or is it the problem that you're Focused on?
0: So, I think the way I think about it is like, I'm not doing this out of the goodness of my heart. But, like, obviously, you know, I feel very passionately about this. I think it's very important. But I also think that sitting where I sit, and also, like, if the mission is to bring scale, then actually, it's not about the ethics of it, the morals of it. It's about the fact that, you know, from a very geeky standpoint, the world is changing and all of these are no longer factors that you can ignore. And we're starting to price this so so from from my perspective like in um like obviously like my heart is in this as in like i i left my previous career i really feel passionate about this but when i'm communicating with others it it, it has to focus on the bankability of this right so Mm -hmm. the fact that this is no longer a fringe movement and right. the fact that there are clearing ways, you know. So, for example, the, the FX situation that that um, I outlined earlier, at no point are we compromising returns. We're just trying to tweak and design solutions such yeah. that. Everyone involved gets something out of it, which is right. the way I think finance is
1: supposed to work. So like what would be your advice to someone who's in the finance field already, maybe has a few years or young up-and-comer, they want to capture this opportunity, this trend. What are some of the things that you would give them advice to to make that small shift from finance to sustainable finance?
0: Allocate consistent time and try to work with people who are there already. I think this this like sustainable and impact investment. Investing space is an incredible place filled with people who are so kind and so generous and sharing. Mm-hmm. This is so different from traditional finance. And so, you know, find a mentor. I found like a really good mentor in Philo who connected us, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, find a good mentor or like find a course. If it, if it, if you deal better in course than fine, but you have to be consistent about it and just allocate time, keep an open mind, and. And then try and use that experience and insights to start integrating it, bit by bit into it.
1: Should they get certifications, go back to school?
0: I, I didn't, but that's because I feel like I want to know a lot of different things. Um, but there are some people who like depth. And I think yeah. for those, then like 100% go for it.
1: All right, last question. Uh, you're talking to aspiring professionals or students who are not in the finance sector yet, but are looking at this. Should they go the traditional approach to start with and then move transition in? Or should they skill up and go after that sustainable finance uh, program
0: go for traditional first you need that as the foundation but you need that as a base for everything that you do